Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Managing Editor Brendan Slaughter joined by recruiting analyst Jared Hallis and our special guest this week, 2021 Oregon State Offensive Line Commit Henry Buckles joining us here on the Edge Podcast for BeaversEdge.com. Henry, how you doing, my man? Doing pretty good. Yup, staying solid. It's good to hear, my man. Uh, obviously, uh, you being an Oregonian, being up in the uh, Hood River area, can uh, definitely relate to me being in the Portland Metro uh, right now with kind of the uh, the uh, wildfire smoke and everything going on across our state right now. Uh, how are you doing with that? And uh, you staying healthy and all? Yeah, I can't really go outside much right now. It's been pretty bad the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, just staying inside, going to school, not much right now. Can't go outside and play football. I can't fish right now. So, <laughs> you uh, is, is it? Is it? Uh, I'm sure Jared will uh, have something to say about that fishing comment in just a second. But uh, I'm curious for you, how much has this kind of impacted your workout routine? Obviously, it's been pretty self-paced for everyone right now, and uh, yeah. your kind of ability to stay, you know, I guess uh, in shape, so to speak. Yeah, uh, I can't do i'd still gonna do my lifting stuff and all that because it's in a gym and i can go do like there's a little field in my gym i can go do some explosive stuff and all that but i can't go do my full workouts on the field and i missed uh i had a training session with coach lynn and cole in portland yesterday and i couldn't go to that because it's too smoky so i've I haven't got to do everything I've wanted with this smoke, but. Yeah, I was going to ask sure. you about. Go ahead, Jared. I've been trying to on here for a while. You know, we've been, we've been talking about it and, and everything. And yeah. uh, I know you've, you've got some practice stuff going on on Tuesdays. What, what, uh, what kind of things have you been able, you know, to do, uh, you know, kind of throughout all of this? I guess, like you said, I know you're, you know, you're doing your best doing like everything you can, but I'm just curious because before you were, you were in a pretty good routine there, weren't you? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, with Coach Lenny, it's it's good. We go, yeah, he has a big indoor field area, and we get a, he was a former Beaver, he's a center, so he knows a lot, he has a lot of knowledge, and he's kind of coaching me up how to be um, center, interior lineman, because in high school I play tackle, so it's a lot different. So, like the last, I think like four, four or five weeks, I've been going to him with one of my teammates, and we've been doing just a bunch of drills and all that, getting better. It's been fun. Yeah, for sure. I I understand, like, you know, you're probably, you know, busy doing all that stuff, and I'm sure you've been in contact with the coaches and everything, too. You, I just like how you said you were getting better. Um, you know, a lot of people don't have that mindset right now because there's limitations as far as what you can do. But, I mean, it sounds like you're staying pretty – pretty headstrong and uh you're still set on you know making the most of this situation yeah definitely just trying to keep working because everything will go back to normal eventually and you gotta be ready exactly i love that mindset henry and just uh kind of for you i just kind of want to touch on uh just how special is that relationship with uh, alex lennon call and then uh, going on that a little bit how are you do- doing kind of adjusting to that uh, kind of digital workload i know you said you started school and everything uh, how's it been taking it uh, digitally so far? Yeah, well, first off, I've known 
Alex, Coach Lenny, since I think I first went to him when he was working for Barton football when I was like in fifth or sixth grade. And then he started doing his own thing, line pro football, I think when I was in seventh grade. So I've known him for a long time. And he's a big part of the reason uh, why I'm here. He, he like gave me the foundation to just work on my technique. He always coached me up. He's a big part of the reason why I'm uh, here. And yeah, he's, he's a really good coach. And then on the online school part, the technology, it's, it's been okay. I mean, the yesterday or two days ago, my first day, I had to call my school technology help desk like five times because I couldn't log in and all that. But it's been it got better. I mean, it's not the same as real school. It's not as fun, but it's better than <laughs> certain. It's better than it's better than the spring. We didn't have anything in the spring. We just had Google Classroom. Certainly, yeah, no, and and launching uh, all these new digital technologies. You know, I have a few younger siblings that are in high school and kind of. Uh, understand that notion a little bit and uh it's it's a work in progress and like you said uh eventually working your way uh back towards a a new normal and uh uh, definitely want to remind everyone that uh we're here on the edge podcast brendan slaughter joined by jared hallis and our guest this week oregon state 2021 offensive line commit henry buckles uh henry just for you uh uh since the 2021 class has kind of developed it's now kind of fallen in, in, in way with uh, Alex Lemon's decommitment that you were kind of that first guy that Jared uh, Marks now back-to-back years, first commitment to 2020 and 2021 class were in-state guys. Henry, how much pride do you uh, take being an in-state guy that's uh, going Oregon State? Yeah, it's pretty cool going to home state and just representing Oregon football and Oregon high school football, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I represent <laughs> I think I could tell like you were I mean it seemed as if you were certainly you know eager and and anxious for that opportunity I know that you know you've been you had been visiting the school for a while before the offer came about and then once it did you know you took a little bit of time and uh eventually decided uh pretty quickly shortly thereafter that you know, it was where you wanted to be. How long before the actual offer came along did you, you know, kind of have that thought process that if they do offer me, there's a good chance I may end up here? Mm, probably. I think um, I visited a couple times in the fall. I think yeah. I really thought that, like, if I get the chance to go here, I'll probably jump on it. I think that was in at the ASU game. Okay. In the fall. Yeah. When they beat ASU, that was pretty cool. Yeah, like I said, I know you've been visiting, uh, you know, on and off, obviously, as an in-state guy. It's something a lot of in-state prospects do. And, you know, you uh, you were able to visit, which is a good thing, because there's a lot of kids right now that can't. And, and I mean, you are 100% facing that as well. Just today, you know, just hour before we started recording this podcast, the NCAA announces that. Uh, you know, the dead period is going to be extended again for the rest of the year. I don't know if you've – have you seen that yet, Henry? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yes. January 1st, right? Yeah, January 1st as of now. Let's hope yeah. it wouldn't 
won't get pushed back further than that. I truly thought that uh, that it was not going to – I mean, I, I'm not saying I didn't think it was going to get extended even further, but to the end of the year kind of surprised me a bit, especially with, uh, you know, most conferences having started playing back. I figured they'd figure out some kind of package to be able to get you guys in the door. But definitely want to hear what your thoughts are on that, uh, you know, because that's going to go into you guys' OV time. It goes into the early signing period, which is in December. So, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, it's a bummer that, like, all the kids in my class that like, haven't got an opportunity to, like, check places out and all that. It sucks for them because they, like, usually they would be able to, they would have this opportunity from when it was canceled for till January. They'd have a long time to go to schools and feel it out. That's a bummer. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it much. It, Jared, just kind of just kind of your perspective on that. How much do you think that that maybe doesn't, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit on your story on Monday on Beaver's Edge. Just maybe, how does that maybe not impact Oregon State as much as some of the other schools given – the size and relatively small size of that 2021 class. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, go, go ahead. Curious what your thoughts are. Well, I was going to say that um, the small class helps. You know, For sure. Go find 30 people. Absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely does. I mean, that was actually one of the points that I made in that story that, that Brendan was talking about is that, you know, it, it, for the guys that are out there, like you said, Henry, trying to find classes with 25 people, it's uh, it's creating a lot of difficulties for them. Um, and, you know, not uh, not only for the coaches, but especially for the players, because, you know, like you said, I mean, for the guys who haven't had the opportunity to get on campus yet, they get these offers coming in and it just makes what is already a hard decision that much harder. So it certainly sucks. There's no doubt about it. But for Oregon State, again, like I mentioned on Monday, there are some things that, uh, that you know, kind of necess- not necessarily play in their favor, but it's not going to hurt them as badly as it will some of these other schools. And I, I think, like I said, again, it caters to, to the recruiting style that, uh, that we've seen them, you know, the kind of approach that we've seen them take with, with a lot of their student athletes so far. And Henry, you can probably attest to this, that. You know, they, they find a guy that they like, Henry. In, in this case, it was you around the beginning of the year. And they just go after you as hard as possible. Did you did you get that feeling around the beginning of this year? Yeah, I think the uh, first time they, I, they started coming after me pretty hard was uh, my first game of the year, like this time exactly, like last week, like early September. Right. Yeah. And then in January and, and stuff, when you were able to, like, get on and take visits and everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I, I think, what was it? Did you go on a visit? It was just a couple weeks before you committed? Yeah. So could you tell at that time that they were making you a priority and, like, really pushing hard for your commitment? Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, I think, the the night before – uh, we drove down to Corvallis. Yeah. I talked to, I forget who, but we got to go early. Uh, I got there at like seven and we went, I went to the, the players meetings and stuff. 
and it was pretty cool. And like we went to the team room, then went to O line room, and then we went to um, the walkthroughs in the locker room and practice. So right. That, that was pretty cool. For sure. And just to get back to Brendan's question, I think, I mean, that's exactly how it is. You know, it does cater a little bit to that style because, you know, they can find their guy and just continue to dial in on them. Um, and with it, with the class being a bit smaller, it it, it, uh, it won't be quite as difficult because they won't have to do it with as many people. And they've seen success using that style so far. At, like I said, Henry's an example of that. Demir Collins, Sam Vidlack, all these guys are guys that whether it's a, a, a quicker commitment or something like Demir where they were recruiting for a really long time, you can tell that they like to find a guy or a group of, of people and just hammer them. And I like it. I like it a lot. And it, it will definitely help uh, with this, with this, you know, dead period being extended. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just, just to kind of jump to the opposite side of the coin though, Jared, just, just for the sake of argument, you look at you looking ahead to 2022 and, you know, you kind of touched on it in that same article that, you know, the size of the class potentially in 2022 could be quite large. But yeah. the kind of hair in the soup of all that is as far as eligibility goes, this season has no bearing whatsoever. You could have every single Oregon State football player that is a redshirt junior or just for example, come back as a redshirt junior next year which would completely yep. throw scholarships and so on just into the fray. We've seen this legislation put ahead by the NCAA, but no one really knows how it's going to shake out. And I think even that further muddies the waters. And when you combine that with the fact that because of this ruling, basically all these schools will have games with the potential for no kids to be there on those visits. and. Exactly. Having an entire season, whether that be the SEC, Pac-12, Big 12, whatever it is, you know, Big 10 getting back in in uh, October, not being able to have kids on those visits. Now you're talking about impacting potentially 2022 and 2023 kids as well. So I think the fallout from the dead period basically has been from March up until now is going to be felt for several years. And, And while in the immediate future, uh, as we mentioned here, Oregon State might not feel those effects right away because that 2021 class is relatively small. They'd identified their targets, such as Henry and Demir, like you said. But depending on how numbers shake out, where guys go, whether or not they want to come back, there's a lot of moving pieces in the next year or so, just as far as it relates to simple scholarship numbers. No, you're, you're very right, and you made, a, you made a really good point there. A lot of people are already saying that – you know, this could have as much as it's impacted the class of 2021 already, it could be worse for 2022 because, you know, some of these 2021 kids like Henry already have they have their spot. They've they've locked in their spot. But the 2022 kids, obviously, the majority of them, probably 99 percent of them have not yet committed. So it, it could create a, a weird kind of game that we'll be playing as far as the numbers go here, you know, the relatively near future. In case you're just joining us here on the Edge podcast, managing editor Brendan Slaughter joined by recruiting analyst Jared Hallis. And we're joined this week by Oregon State 2021 offensive line commit Henry Buckles. Uh, Henry, I'm also uh, just curious for you, kind of take us through uh, what your relationship uh, is like with Coach Mahalchek and what do you kind of see for him as kind of your teacher for the next, you know, four or five years of 
of your playing career and what do you think he can uh, help you uh, develop in terms of an offensive line skill set excuse me yeah no me and coach M have a great relationship I I was actually just talking to him yesterday on the phone checking just talking but yeah no he's gonna I'm excited to get coached but I'm really excited because I know how great of a coach he is and I'm excited to see how he'll help me develop into the player I want to be because I know like with my effort like I'll put all my effort in his coaching that I can I can be what I want to be with coach M so pretty excited for you Henry what is that what is being what you know you can be and what does that look like what does success you know that kind of long-term goal look like for you is it getting to the NFL is it having a successful college career getting your degree all the above so on so forth yeah definitely all the above definitely first and foremost getting my my degree but yeah being a successful college player and hopefully making it to the league that's that's a dream and I think that coach M's definitely going to help me get there I think your uh, your high school coach he, he said something about you that that stuck with me um, and I'm curious what your take on it is. I, I, I talked to him shortly after you committed. Um, and he, what he said to me was that he thinks that you see a lot of yourself in Oregon State. And what he meant by that is it's a program that has something to prove. Um, and obviously, you know, you're committed to a Division One school, a Power Five school, and you're, you're getting ready to go play at the highest level. Do you still feel like you have something to prove? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because, I mean, I, I I don't know, just chip on my shoulder. I mean, I just, I'm just ready to go prove it to the Pac-12 and everybody that I'm, I'm ready to play when it's my time. Yeah. When do you foresee and- your time coming? Do you, do you want to be the kind of guy that comes in and makes a, a immediate impact, like, on the field? Or do you want to come in, soak in some coaching, uh, kind of get used to the whole college thing? Or like, what are your goals as far as that as far as that goes? I mean, I'm just gonna take it how it comes, put in my best effort, and see what I get out of it. Either way, but sure. just keep grinding. I'll hope I'll have success. Hopefully, Henry, you kind of. Or Henry, you kind of mentioned it earlier, just as we kind of uh, wrap up our conversation with you. On a lighter note, you said earlier you were a little disappointed that the uh, wildfires and the smoke and whatnot made it so you hadn't gone out and uh, been able to go fishing. Mm-hmm. Jared is quite the noted <laughs> fisherman here. I-, I like to think that, you know, I have a little bit in that me too, but, you know, Jared gets out a lot more than I do these days. I'm curious, what do you like to go out there for? And I would imagine Henry and I probably have. Uh, some common fishing spots, Jared. You might have to come to us one of these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, right now, um, I'm going for fall Chinook on the Columbia and all the tributary rivers. And then uh, steelhead, coho salmon, mostly salmon, steelhead, trout sometimes. A little bit of sturgeon, too. What was Do that what was that in your picture? Because that was a hog. That was, was, that was a trout. That, that was a, a trout. Yeah, I got that in 
I think May up at one of the lakes by Mount Hood. It was gutted, like all the way gutted and bled out. It was eight and a half pounds and 32 inches. Yeah, that's a big trout term for those. It was big. I caught it on a little tiny, like four foot little tiny pole. I almost broke it in half. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if it. If it, is, go ahead, is that, is that is that like your favorite thing to do when you're not focused on school or, or football? Yeah, probably fishing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can definitely relate, Henry. Uh, if it hadn't been for the uh, the wildfire smoke and kind of my schedule getting away from me, uh, my folks and I were supposed to get out. And uh, my my pride and joy out here is being an Oregonian. But to me, there's nothing better than being able to. Uh, go off the coast and being able to chase, you know, summer coho or oh. shook, depending on how the season is, and then be able to come back in and have uh, crab pots full, just be able to get the salmon crab double duo. But uh, again, yeah, it's uh, kind of had it's it's been an unorthodox year and kind of had to get creative with where you got to go to find your fishing spots and do it in a you know small social circle, so to speak. But uh, I, I tell you what. Uh, uh jared uh, we talked to sam vidlack last podcast he's got quite the fishing uh prowess too i think you and uh, sam gonna have to uh, get together henry some point fish get that uh quarterback offensive line uh uh duo uh fisherman working uh, throughout college career what do you think jared i think that sounds like a great idea but uh y'all are gonna have to invite me one day as well I just hope you know that <laughs> yeah Well, that'll go ahead and uh, wrap it up for us on uh, this edition of uh, the Edge Podcast uh, with uh, Henry Buckles. Uh, Jared and I will continue on a few uh, topics and touch on the uh, breaking news that uh, the Pac-12 and uh, Oregon Governor Kate Brown, California Governor Gavin Newsom, lots of newsy items that we'll wrap up here uh, in the final segment. Uh, But before we do, I want to go ahead and thank you, Henry, for jumping on with us. It was awesome catching up with you, my man, and uh, we're really looking forward to getting a chance to meet you when you get up to Corvallis at some point. And uh, it sounds like we're going to have to get uh, some sort of a fishing trip going. Uh, Jared can work his way out this way at some point. Yeah, definitely. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Henry Buckles, everyone. We appreciate uh, him jumping on the Edge podcast. Uh, Jared, just kind of for you and I now, just uh, kind of wrapping up these news and notes of the day, uh, really don't know where to begin with all the moving pieces that uh, had happened today. But just to kind of give you the, the quick outline, again, I uh, just updated uh, the story on beaversedge.com with the latest information. So go check that out. Again, the, the Pac-12 story right on our front page, updated with the latest info. But started off this morning with the Pac-12 in response to the Big Ten, um, you know, obviously announcing this morning they were coming back to play. It then came with the Pac-12 coming and saying, well, wait, we don't have clearance to do so from Oregon and California governors. Well, then a couple hours passed. Then the Oregon and California governors, Governor Brown, Governor Newsom, respectively, came out and said, no, no, it's it's it's, it's OK. You guys are going to be given an exception. And then the Pac-12 came back out and said, OK, we're going to move forward. So lots of parties speaking today. But the bottom line for all you Edge subscribers and Beaver fans out there, this is huge absolutely huge for getting Pac-12 football back. I mean, 
the state of California and Oregon, as far as it relates to coronavirus and, you know, the guidelines and regulations are not going to be going away anytime soon. So having that exemption being made for those universities, like they were made for the Los Angeles Rams, the Portland Trailblazers, the Portland Timbers, you know, several other pro teams, San Francisco 49ers as well, um, and uh, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers as well. Now those colleges are being extended into that fold. Uh, Jared, again, just the biggest reaction is just, it's enormous. This is huge. And um, Bieber fans got to be jumping up and down because this is an exciting development. Yeah, I mean, I certainly would be. Um, I mean, there was probably a couple of times this past weekend that I was jumping up and down watching uh, watching the other teams play. So if, if, if we can get some Oregon State football back, whether it's, uh, you know, November, October, you know, that's that's good reason to, to start jumping for sure. It's a, it's a step forward, like you mentioned on the board. And, uh, you know, we've said it countless times on this podcast. Um, you know, as long as they're doing it safely, then there's absolutely reason to, to get excited. And, you know, we're seeing all the other conferences do it. So it's a it's it's a great thing to see for sure. And again, just to kind of uh, reiterate, uh, nothing is final yet. All the both parties now. And when I mean both parties, I mean Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott and the two respective governors who were the hair in the soup as far as the protocols limiting them from getting back to those full contact practices. In order for the football season, uh, I can't speak to practices because that's still the gray area of sorts. As I believe now, the schools will be able to kind of get their, you know, prior to the season being canceled, there were not contact practices, but more full uh, service walkthroughs, so to speak. Those could probably start up now and practices will see exactly where that shakes out, but nothing can be official until the Pac-12 CEO group, the 12 chancellors and presidents that make up the 12 universities, um, make their vote and their final decision. Obviously, the Big Ten, that decision was already made. It was a unanimous vote today. But the Pac-12 one hasn't been scheduled, nothing yet as far as what that's going to look like. So essentially, Jared, the clock is ticking for the Pac-12 in order to be on any sort of schedule with their Power Five and so to speak, not be left behind. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely ticking. I think it's been ticking. Um, just now now that uh, the Big Ten kind of put some things in place and, and, you know, with some concrete, I think uh, they're finally maybe starting to, to hear the clock a little bit more than they were before. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting because I, I am hopeful for it, but uh, it definitely seems like there's going to be more things coming in the way but i I, there's 100 percent a route to safe football and that has been proven now like i kind of like i said um in in one of my stories recently you know it's it's been proven at this point you know there's no there's been a lot of high school football played and uh now there's been a a couple weeks of college football played and as far as i know unless i'm wrong about this if somebody someone hears this and, and knows otherwise please feel free to uh to correct us but I've, I've seen nothing about community COVID outbreaks because of it. Um, so there is, there is a safe route. And uh, it's, it's, it's good that the Pac-12 is finally starting to realize that and, and not only realize it, but act upon it. Certainly. I think you hit on a couple tremendous points there. And, and again, that safe return, I kind of mentioned this uh, on the damn board when you, were, uh, when you put the, the post about the dead period being extended. And I think now... 
these universities, particularly the Pac-12, I think, you know, some other uh, schools are beginning to kind of understand and see that notion as well, kind of the the uh, safe return. But I, I feel like it's it's important to note this. Uh, I saw LSU coach Ed Ogeron uh, said earlier today or yesterday, I'm not sure exactly when the quote was from, that, you know, he had anticipated or rather, you know, expected that his team had largely developed a sort of immunity to COVID because he believed that a majority of them had had it. We saw, you know, notably earlier this year when LSU kind of got hit hard with it. I think now with the success of what the NBA was able to do and several others that we're seeing, it's more likely than not that at least in the case of the Pac-12, I can't speak to the other schools around, that we're going to have student athletes on campus, but no in-person classes. And I think that's that, that's a, a step in the right direction in the sense of, yes, student athletes are kind of being put um, on a different tier than your standard students that, you know, won't be able to go on campus. And majority of the Pac-12 schools have not done in-person classes um, simply for the fact that you can keep it contained. If your university, such as Oregon State, is almost all digital and online at this point, bringing in your football players and keeping them somewhat contained to a, a semi-bubble of sorts is your best way of staying healthy and keeping your numbers down rather than having, you know, um, you know, media hits, interactions with students in classrooms, um, you know, going to, you know, um, you know, so on, so were to, you know, jump on this or do this. I think keeping things in-house and continuing on kind of this Zoom bubble, maybe a select few people or, you know, given access to um, certain things. I think that's that safe way to return to play. And, and again, it cannot be understated how important it is that uh, these bridges were crossed today because uh, the Pac-12 was kind of in a tough spot. They still are. They need to kind of catch up. But they have the technology, they have the resources, and now with the backing of all the governors involved uh, in the states, it makes sense that uh, a return to play will happen and a return to play uh, will likely be voted on in an expedient fashion. So overall, um, uh, lots of positive news today. And for Oregonians that are still struggling with uh, you know, the wildfires here, the coronavirus pandemic, and you know, many other uh, uh, tough times people are going through right now, probably a much needed dose of good news jared oh yeah absolutely i mean the state of oregon has, has been through a lot recently um california too i'd be remiss if i didn't say that california as I, well truly the entire united states the whole entire world um you know we can there's never too much good news it, it's always yes. going to be out bad news to good news so it, it, i don't care if it doesn't pertain to me at all i'm always happy to hear <laughs> good um, and, and certainly, like you said, with with the fires and everything going on, um, you know, it's a it's it's a it's a reason to smile. And uh, you know, a lot of people say sports aren't that serious, but at the end of the day, if it makes people happy, then uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, certainly. And you know, I I don't know if I can speak for you, Jared, but just speaking for myself, being able to have you know all the way back in you know end of July, being able to have the NBA come back and still be back, having you know MLS when it was down there in the MLB bubble, um, MLB back, and you know even early on when it was you know NASCAR back or you know golf back when it was you know uh, Tom Brady and a few of the others that got together for a golf game. But uh, you know it has been really relieving, and you know it was it was a, a great stress for relief for me to be able to turn on the NBA you know the last month and continue to watch it. And, you know, when you watch uh, games like uh, the other night with uh, the Nuggets upsetting the Clippers and stuff, 
uh, just storylines that you can't make up uh, in, uh, you know, for sports and those headlines that really, you know, bring people together as far as, you know, that team unity and togetherness. I'm with you, man. Enough good news can't come. And to see this for the Pac-12 today, um, it was looking it was looking pretty tough a couple weeks ago, even a couple months ago, uh, for the future prospects of the Pac-12 when they and the Big 12 uh, announced they weren't going to play. But the nice thing is they've left themselves a door, kind of an escape hatch, so to speak, and they now have the technology. So Jared and I are absolutely going to be eagerly awaiting because uh, – Jared, you and I know uh, this Oregon State football team's got a chance to be uh, sneaky good this year, and uh, you know, yeah. we'll see what happens with how the schedule shakes out. And obviously, not having non-conference throws a lot of things into flux. But you know, this is not the Oregon State football team of the you know, let's just say last six or seven years. Uh, this right. was probably the most competitive, top to bottom, uh, depth-wise unit. I would argue uh, since the 2013 Oregon State season, last time they made a bowl game, maybe even 2012. And we'll see what happens, you know, as far as we don't know what postseason is going to look like. So it's kind of moot point to get that far. But we will say for this, and I will say, this team's got the potential to win some games this year. And that's that's something we haven't been able to say uh, about the Beavs in some time. So excitement all around. 100%. And I, I touched on that as well. It's like, just as far as recruiting goes, it, it, in a way that it does hurt them is just the fact that these kids aren't able to see the, the progress that they have made and would have continued to make had uh, things been, you know, started already. So it does hurt them in that way. But again, you know, we're taking forward steps. So that's all we can ask for. And, um, you know, it's a, it'll be a level playing field as long as the, the Pac-12 makes the return to the field. And, it's uh it's gonna be exciting because I think like you said it was it's a it's a deep team and it's a, a, a last year's team should have made a bowl game no doubt about it should have be Hawaii yep. and, a, and a couple other teams as well um but you know those Jared, were you had, to, you had to, you had to remind me of that game you couldn't have picked Washington State you couldn't have picked any of the other games you had to remind Washington, me of the game that wow. I flew to Hawaii to cover with my good oh, buddy Keenan who's also contributes here at Beaver's Edge. We flew all the way out to Hawaii, covered that game in its fullest, and that one still stings a little bit, man. I went all that way, and it was it was so close. That one still stings, man. Yeah, Hawaii, I, I remember watching that game. I, I had to watch it on my phone, and um, I just they – were, they were definitely the better team. But, again, it was early on in the season, week two, if I remember correctly, yep. maybe three. Yep. Uh, so it was a uh, – it's always you got to get those jitters out early on, and I think if they would have played them towards the end of the year, even the middle, it would have been a different story. But hindsight's twenty twenty, and uh, like we've been saying this whole time, the future looks bright, and uh, you know that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I, I don't know how much you know. I just want to touch on this: how much these you know players or coaches kind of feed into that kind of uh, payback narrative, but. It is worth mentioning that Oregon State was definitely frustrated by that Hawaii loss, especially as they do. And now former Hawaii coach Nick Rolovich is up at Washington State. So maybe that becomes a little budding rivalry between uh, Jonathan Smith and uh, Rolo and his staff. Because uh, as we recall, there was you know kind of the little recruiting, uh, I, w- I want to say fiasco between the, between the two about a year and a half uh, or two years ago now with you know, sending the mail to Hawaii and whatnot. And then they played on the field. It was a tight game. That game was really physical. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I think there could be a, a little a little budding rivalry between Rolo and Smith. It's something to watch for for sure. You you never really know what can happen these days. I've seen I've seen uh some some games feel like rivalries that are, you know the teams had no ties whatsoever. So when there's that when there's that added fuel to the fire, it makes it a lot more fun. Certainly, and and again. Uh, we want to really thank uh, Henry Buckles for joining us uh, in the first segment here on the Edge podcast. He talked about uh, just a little bit of everything, Jared. A really well-spoken uh, young man. Appreciated getting the chance to talk to him. And uh, again, I'm liking that Oregon State's targeting all these fishing fishing guys, all these guys that like to fish. You look at Sam Vidlak, Henry, guys that like to get out there. I think back to uh, the class uh, a couple years ago uh, when I was talking to, I believe it was Michael Urhart was a big-time uh, fisher, too. He really liked to get out there and fish, too. So uh, I like the Beavers are, are attacking uh, those guys that like the outdoors, and given what's around Corvallis, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you never know. A lot of colleges are implementing, uh, like, fishing teams now, so maybe they can be dual-sport athletes if uh, if fishermen are considered athletes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, you're you're actually not uh, you're not in the wrong there. I don't think it's an official sport at Oregon State, but I know there is an Oregon State bass fishing team slash club. Uh, uh, my cousin probed the waters uh, of it because he's a big time bass fisherman. Uh, when he was kind of looking into his college and uh, kind of talked, uh, just told me about kind of the basics of it. And it's a pretty cool deal, Jared. Like you get to go and you know put on the beaver colors and go bass fish. That's that's pretty that's pretty a pretty cool deal. Yeah, I mean, I would I would do it if uh if I had the opportunity for sure. I mean, I, my dad does a lot of tournaments, and it's always fun to watch, watch him do them. So I'd love to. I mean, there's a, I, I know some people that, that fish on collegiate trails, and if you pay attention to like major league fishing, which is a thing, uh, Jordan Lee, who has been dominating the scene lately, he was he also dominated the the collegiate trail at uh at Auburn. So it's it's a uh, becoming more and more of a pathway to to get you know to uh the big leagues of fishing, if you will. I just think it's cool that they can, you know, that, you know, universities become so, I'm not going to say open-minded, because I don't think that's necessarily the right word, but just kind of open their doors to more opportunities and more sports. You know, you're seeing, you know, fishing start to get uh, more traction uh, competitively amongst several others. So that's always nice to see as well. But uh, again, a couple really cool native Oregonians we've had on uh, in the last two podcasts, Sam Vidlack, quarterback, Henry Buckles, offensive lineman. Jared, just last thing, kind of talking to those two guys, um, they could be kind of that quarterback, you know, line or that quarterback lineman duo that, you know, have a tendency to, you know, become friends. And sometimes you talk to quarterbacks who one of their really good or best friends is either their, their center or one of their guys on the line. Just from what we've heard from those guys as interest, I think they'll become fast friends. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. The, the good thing about what, uh, what the staff is, is building over there is, is a great culture. And uh, one one big example of that that jumped out to me immediately was with with Jake Overman and Tommy Spencer, because uh, that yes. that situation could have been sticky, but it it was very quickly uh, turned into what could end up being a great tight end duo. So um, although these guys don't play the same position, like you said, uh, they they have a lot in common, and you know regardless of whether they did or not, they're like you said, they'll, they'll certainly become friends and you know when you have these guys that love to fish i it would i would bet money they will go fishing together at one point throughout their college career again jared all you gotta do is come out here at some point and we'll all get together and we'll go get to a massive fish so at some point 
when we're uh, when we're, or vice versa, or I can come to you. But at some point in the future, when everything uh, clears up and we're all uh, green uh, and ready to ready to roll, uh, we'll have to we'll have to get something together, man. Because you and I are overdue to uh, get out there and uh, get after them. Listen, uh, I'll clear my schedule whenever you want. You just just <laughs> uh, you have my email, so once I see the plane ticket in my email, uh-huh. I'll like uh, have. You got a place for me to stay out there too, Jared? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look at this hospitality. I love this guy. No, I, I appreciate it, and yeah, we might have to uh, might have to look into that one day. I've been wanting to get down and uh, visit the southeast at some point. Like I said, I've never been down there, and uh, you know, hear that the fishing's pretty great down there, especially for bass. So something I would definitely look forward to one day. But uh, just wrapping up uh, this edition of the Edge Podcast again, a huge. Huge thanks to Henry Buckles. Uh, he was awesome. Um, big shout out to, to Jared for helping uh, set that up and getting him on. Uh, again, we love having uh, these uh, um, recruits and commits uh, on the podcast. We'll continue to do that. We also want to continue to hear from you at beaversedge.com. We've you know had some subscribers on in the past. We've had back-to-back recruits, but we'd certainly like to have uh, you guys on as well. So just drop us a note on the damn board if you would like to be uh, on the next edition of the podcast. Again, Jared and I love being able to uh, catch up and ask questions, talk about hobbies. And, you know, we, we've had quite the uh, interesting range uh, of uh, perspectives and opinions since we've kind of expanded the podcast, Jared. I think it's been terrific. Oh, yeah. It's a bunch of fun. And ain't nobody else doing this. So you, you guys know where to go if you want to have the, the latest and greatest on, on all the targets and, and, and everything. Couldn't have said it any better myself, my friend. So with that, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up this edition of the Edge podcast. Again, make sure to keep uh, it locked to beaversedge.com. As Jared said, the only uh, website covering Oregon State sports where we give you an opportunity to share your voice. And again, you can, you know, yell at us, approve at us. You can say (laughs) Jared and I are doing a great job. You can say we're doing a bad job. We don't care. We just want to hear from you guys. So, again, uh, just drop a note on the damn board. Become a Beaver's Edge uh, subscriber. we got a great 30-day free trial or 30-day 30 days free trial going on right now. Great way to jump in, get involved, jump on the podcast with Jared and I. Let us know uh, what your fishing habits are or if you like to do something else. That's good, too. We've talked to, again, uh, a great many people. I think it was uh, a Hard Rock fan was telling us uh, in his spare time he likes to do, uh, you know, home improvements around his house so again it's been uh, really great kind of getting to getting to know the wide range of uh, beavers edge beavers edge.com subscribers and you could be the next one it's a great time jared it certainly is we look forward to uh to whoever's next every week that's for sure we we definitely love recording these and uh we're happy to uh to continue them well that'll go ahead and wrap it up for us on this edition make sure to keep it locked to beaversedge.com for all the latest as the Pac-12 uh, announces uh, and starts to make the steps towards returning to play. You don't want to miss uh, any of that information as a lot is going to happen over the next uh, month, month and a half. So make sure to keep it locked to beaversedge.com. For Henry Buckles and Jared Hallis, this is Brendan Slaughter signing off on this edition of the Edge Podcast. <laughs>